TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. This team and this group will score. Um, yeah, it's frustrating tonight. Uh, you had numerous chances. Um, that they didn't convert on, um, but I do think, as I said, when you're when you're struggling to score, go to the net more. Be willing to score maybe the ugly one, the grittier one, um, uh, and, and that's uh, that's how you resolve it. I think the group will. Uh, we know we have goal scorers in here and guys that can make plays. Uh, I just think uh, that'll come as we get to the net uh, with more conviction. The challenge tonight is scoring on Anton Forsberg and the Senators as Buffalo is right back at it against Ottawa in Canada's capital. With Marty, I'm Brian. It's Sabres Live. We are back on the heels of a loss to Montreal last night, so it's another important divisional game tonight. Uh, Mr. Baron, um, what is your sober second thought takeaway from last night, which uh, didn't end all that long ago? Yeah, no, I mean, the next one isn't starting uh, in, in too many hours either, right? A quick turnaround. We're, we're, it's, it's like we're doing turnaround. 360s here. Or I'm something doing the like math that. in my head last night. I'm like, okay, what time do you have to be in studio? It's a 6.45 start, but then it's it's only a 15-minute difference in start time from 7 to 6.45. But we're on the air, you know, a half an hour before because it's 6 o'clock instead of 6.30. So then mm-hmm. it's like being in studio a, a lot earlier. So anyway, so I'm going to be scrambling this afternoon. Let's just put it that way. But as I was looking and thinking about the game last night, yes. like, could that game have easily been a 5-3 win for the Sabres? Absolutely. Could have. Jake mm-hmm. Allen was good. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the Sabres got goalied. Because for me, go to be goalied, you have to have the goalie really steal you. Like, on-man rushes, breakaways, like all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Everything was in zone. So for a goalie, when things are in zone, you just move a little bit, move a little bit, face a shooter, move a little bit, face a shooter. Like there's not like that desperation save that I got to slide across and athletic split saves. And so the Sabres didn't get goalie last night. They got an NHL caliber goaltender that played really, really well, but Mm -hmm. they didn't get goalie. Now I'm looking at numbers and I'm like, okay, how do I put this all into the the blender and what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. If I tell you six minutes, 56 seconds versus two minutes and 56 seconds, and I tell you that that's the possession times in the offensive zones, the Sabres had four more minutes at even strength of possession time in the offensive zone. Yeah. Like you'd say, that's a great thing. And it is, it's a great thing. But then I'm like, okay, how did you do 
what is your identity? Odman rushes, chances of the rush. The Canadians dominated. And when I say dominated, it's like 10 to 3 chances mm-hmm. of the rush yesterday. And to me, that's that's not like the Sabres have to create off the rush. They have to push other teams back. They have to get to rebounds. Which they, they got, did last year. Which they did last year. They got to two rebounds at even strength. Actually, here. How do I um I was just looking at You're gonna it. ask me? Come on. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, I wasn't going to ask you, but you know, we were talking about how did the Sabres get to rebounds? Yes. Uh, yesterday yeah, 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 we were talking yeah. about it. Like they got to two rebounds in the slot yesterday at even strength and all the rebounds they got to, they got to the corners. They got to the walls because they didn't have enough bodies to the net. Don Granado said it himself. We got to get more bodies to the net. And I think in the end, like that sequence where. Thompson shot got blocked by Savard and then Savard lost his blade and whatever. Mm-hmm. I freeze frame like two or three example of good chances, good shots. And everybody's off to the side with the stick in the air, wanting to get the beautiful one-timer goal and nobody's in front of the net. When there's a, a defenseman that can't even move because he's lost the skate blade and mm-hmm. like he wouldn't be able to counter you or defend against you in front of the net if you were there. So to me, that's the key. That's, like lots of possession time in the offensive zone. Great. That was awesome. Lots of shots and shot attempts. Great. That was awesome. Is that quality? Did you have as much quality as you wanted? Or did it look just look good? I think it looked good, but the 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 the, the meat of it all still needs a lot of work. Really was um a heroic effort by essentially a dead man walking there in Savard. Like you know, he, it sounds ridiculous, but even with everything that was working against him, which was injury, he's now out indefinitely and, uh, equipment failure as he was bladeless, he held an incredible position that I think messed with the Sabres psyche. Like well, he was in the way and I, I don't know any other way to describe it. It's just baffling that they couldn't figure out a way to your point to work around it and take advantage of it. I I mean, you have to tip the cap to the other three penalty killers, but for whatever reason, he was not irrelevant in the play, (laughs) despite all of his shortcomings in the moment. Well, now now I'm thinking maybe that's what every team should do in a penalty kill. Have a guy on his knees right in front of the goalie and take away all the passing lane because it seemed to be easy. It seemed to work. Mm -hmm. But okay, like last night, how many shots on net from the slot did the Sabres have on the power play? Uh, two. Two is the number. They had two. And one of them was Dylan Cousins. And I pointed it out in the breakdown, the set play to the slot, where yes. he backed out and Skinner passed it to him. And the other one is a J.J. Paterko rebound that he yes. got. It was all in the second period at the far end. Where we are in our at our set on the two hundred level, it's at the other end, second period, because Jake Allen's at the other end. Were, were both of those glove saves? Um, one was glove save. The other one was a low blocker save. Okay, yeah. The so Cousins was a glove save. The Paterka wasn't. Right. Paterka was just a quick rebound. He just kind of pushed it back into uh, yeah. into the goaltender. They had two shots from the slot. Yeah. On the power play, like mm-hmm. everything's on the perimeter. And that's not going to do it, right? And if yeah. you have a goalie that's seeing it well and is not giving up rebounds, um, you're going to have a hard time being able to generate everything that you need. 
Um, you know, and so you. So what you does start- it mean for tonight? Like, I mean, I think we maybe oh. should just try to park yesterday as much as possible because. Well, I think you got to be careful Tuesday, with parking yesterday right? because you can't say everything was great. You know, we we sure. played good and en- they played good enough to win, but it's it's not good Did enough they, to be. That's where we got to be careful, right? Well, they, oh. they played good enough to. To, to get away with a win and feel good about yourself if you win yeah. the game. Now, I also think, is that the team that's going to make the playoff? Did you make play good enough to be consistent enough throughout the season and make the playoffs and win enough games to make the playoffs? No. Yeah. And that's the big difference between playing good enough to win and playing good enough to get into the playoffs. Well, you were all over this from the, really from almost every first period sequence. Um, it, it didn't matter what the zone time was or was going to end up. You were uh, concerned, very aware of the rush chances that Montreal were getting, right? And so that's why I hesitated when you just said, you know, probably played well enough to win. I would not want to see them in a game like that with a team that's even more skilled. And I think Montreal is quite skilled, quite frankly. I think they, they, they still have a lot of upside. Now they, they have some guys on hot starts that I'm not sure are sustainable, but I also think there's guys that are eventually are going to get it, i.e. Slavkowski and maybe a couple others. Like even yeah. Caulfield wasn't nearly the factor that he was typically. Uh, Suzuki wasn't the factor that he was typically. I didn't see him as well. Like last year was interesting because you were trading chances more often. So you felt like whatever you gave up, you were definitely going to see it the other way. That's not how I saw it. I saw zone time, but I didn't see like, oh, this is, this is what they were like before. No, I didn't see that. And that leads to something. Where did you see the zone time though? All on the perimeter, right? It's like switching position around the outside. Let's get like ourselves. Let's let's dizzy them up, right? Let's mm-hmm. dizzy them up, but they never got fallen into the trap to be dizzied it up too much that they left the middle open. And rightfully so, because we're on the air a lot. We talk about every single component of the game, and some may think that we talk about certain ones too much. But for the majority of last year, the power play was quite good, which was a wonderful story, but the penalty kill was very poor, which was really hard to deal with because until they fixed that, we knew that they probably wouldn't take a big leap in the standings. Well, the small sample size to start this year is the power play has been, eh, and the penalty kill has been a lot better. But we all know that the majority of the game, regardless of how it's officiated, is still played at five on five. So the NHL keeps track of a stat called five on five, for and against. The baseline for this statistic is one. You need to be higher than 1.0 to be a good team in this category. The Bruins were light years ahead of everybody last year, pushing towards two. They were like 1.7. The rest of the league was between, the rest of the good part of the league was between like 1.1 and 1.3. No team made the playoffs last year unless they were above the one threshold at five on five. We know the margin by which the Sabres missed the playoffs last year. They're five on five, four and against, 0.97. This is about as true a statistic as I can find for you right now. Last year, I went off on the tangent that if they lead the league in empty net goals, they're going to make the playoffs. Now, I still believe that. We're just not seeing an awful lot of that right now. Um, but five on five is where the bulk of the game is played. So I always look 
obviously, before every game, you try to have a baseline of statistics. And Montreal is an outlier right now. They are so far ahead of the rest of the league at five-on-five scoring, and they only added to it last night, defeating Buffalo 2-0 at five-on-five. So the Sabres ended up minus seven in raw goals for and against last year at five-on-five. That's how they got to the .97 number. They're already minus three. And I know, it's small sample size. But if you measure it out, it's a trend that they can't have continue. There were 17 teams last year that were above the one threshold. Yeah. Calgary was 15th. They missed the playoffs. Minnesota was 17th. They made the playoffs. But they were all above the one. They have to get there. They have to be a better five-on-five team. And the only reason I'm really emphasizing this right now is when I look at this roster positively, which is often, I think they're capable of getting three lines of scoring. But they're not right now. And that's how you win at five on five, especially in today's game. Look at Montreal. Look at the new hooks and the Monahans and the stuff like that. That's why they're three, one and one right now. They've got balance beyond Cole Caulfield. So guess what this diatribe leads us into yet again? What do they do with the lines tonight? Because like Zach Benson's an option. And it certainly sounded like on WGR this morning that Don Granato was leaning towards a welcome return of Zach Benson. Like, what do you do here? Okay. Um, Sorry, that was a lot. Oh. No, that is a lot. And I will answer the last question first. Um, I Look, Zach Benson could be an option and the back-to-back may play into it. If it wasn't a back-to-back situation, I think I would say, I'm going to give this team one more, this lineup, just another bounce-back type of, of situation. They mm-hmm. played well against the Islanders on, on Saturday. They won the game. They go into Monday, they played well, shot attempts, uh, shots on net, chances even to that matter, expected goals. They were better than the Montreal Canadiens and expected goals. I'm like, okay, they played well. They just, there's there's some details in, in their offense that needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can 24 hours later, less than 24 hours later, say, work on these things and let's see this lineup get um, a step forward. Um, So if it wasn't back-to-back, I would say you probably would stick with the same lineup. Mm -hmm. Being that it is a back-to-back game, and Don Granato has always talked about getting the best out of your your roster, the energy has to be high, you know, a rested player like Zach Benson who had a fantastic rookie camp and regular camp and everything would bring a lot of energy. So is it just a one-for-one, though? Do you put in Benson in in one line, take a guy out, and that's it? Like, you don't – I don't want to see this roster being completely revamped, completely rechanged, right? I'm thinking if you put Benson in, it's one-for-one. So who do you take out? Like, Benson plays the right side. So who do you take out? I don't think you're taking out Tuck. I don't think you're taking out Cousins. And it leaves you with Olofsson and, and Oposo. So is Victor Olofsson still the same victim again as he was uh, when he was, you know, sat out a couple of games? So that to me would be you spot one in, you take one out. I wouldn't put Benson in and rechange all the lines. So that's the answer to the lines. A quick, quick, I love the stat that you talked about, like the threshold of one Mm -hmm. um, for the uh, five-on-five play. But even... A simpler way to look at it. And I know goals for and goals against in the end. 
matters in power play, empty net goals, and all of that. Yep. But last year, there was 17 teams that had a goal differential in the green mm. and 15 teams in the red. So 16 out of the 17 teams made the playoffs. The only one that didn't make the playoffs was the Calgary Flames, who right. had a plus two, a plus eight goal differential. Everybody yeah. else did. That is, to me, the simple equation at the end. Like, mm -hmm. if you think you're going to win, you know, 6-1, 7-2, and build this 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 pad this this goal differential so that at mm -hmm. the end you're in a positive it doesn't happen in the nhl you well, win the these one goal game until they they found the charitable donations in the final six weeks and they had some, they had some tough give back games where they had they, some uh, dallas games and some tough game for every columbus game that you dominated you have another one that comes against you right so right. how do you win these these three one games where you feel like you had enough offense probably to score three or four goals but you didn't do it Mm -hmm. So that is the challenge. Yeah. Well, that's that. The basic goals for goals against um, was very much reflected in the five on five, which I brought up where, again, Calgary was the only team that missed out. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's that fine of a margin. But the point is, is if we're going to sit here and talk, you have to recognize early season trends, take them for what they are, which is a small sample, but be mindful of it moving forward, that if the needle doesn't change here, then you're not making the progress overall that you would like. And again, it's small sample. It could turn into finally a strong blowout win, even if it's not blowout, whatever. They they just need to go and 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 resemble again what we saw Saturday against the Islanders and play this division rival, which is ultimately very talented in Ottawa, and play them a lot tougher than they have in recent years. They've not performed particularly well in Ottawa in the last five years. So this is this is a huge challenge. Now, for the Benson thing, what was most noteworthy, and by the way, um, when we speak of all these young, talented players on the Sabres now or in the system, Chris Baker, Sabres prospects, will join us at the bottom of the hour mm -hmm. as Matt Savoy is going to get his uh, AHL conditioning assignment started tomorrow night in Rochester. I'll be there with Don Stevens um, to call that. Um, you mentioned in the Zach Benson line juggling or not uh, discussion, Alex Tuck. Tuck has become the focal point here for the early season two and four record. Yes. Not that it's on him, but he is being looked at because he's not the same. And we just, we literally said this a week ago about Dylan Cousins. And now Cousins is riding a point streak and had a strong offensive showing the last four games. Mm -hmm. And, and Tuck needs to follow suit. What is, what are you thinking when you see Alex Tuck right now? I, I, well, it's not for a lack of trying. I think like you see Alex Tuck, and I really felt like the fight against the New York Islanders sparked him. Like he showed energy and whatnot. Um, I think Alex Tuck pushes and it gets to a point where it's like, oh, I can't push as much as I would want to. It's like if you're running a, your engine and you go to, to, to get to the last gear and it just won't go in there. Right. So you're you're going at 85 percent. You're going at 90 percent. And you're like, oh, I can't get there. I can't catch up because what I saw to Alex Tuck last year, especially last year, was he got the puck in the neutral zone and he turned it on and he attacked and he went wide and he got the puck behind the net. And all of a sudden, everybody's chasing him. Um, he was in front of the net on the on, the, you know, during possession time in the offensive zone or even on the power play he's hard to move he's sliding himself into better position he's going to the corner and 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 
winning one-on-one -on -one battles. Mm. We're not seeing that out of Alex Dunn. Um, obviously, we know he missed some time in preseason. Uh, he was supposed to play a preseason game. He was held off. You know, there's. I just feel like there is a limit to where Tuck can go right now. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. There's moments where everything is working well and it's looking good. Why? Because he can stay under that 80% or 90% like engine performance. But as soon as you need to get that extra 10, 15%, you don't see it. And to me, there's, there's probably a limit as to what he can do. Do you think limits and every situation is different? So it's an unfair question. But do you think the limit might be more mental as opposed to physical at this point? Because when goal scorers run into tough luck, sometimes it lingers because they just can't see themselves in that successful moment the way, you know what I mean? So that's why I think it's really important here to try to keep finding the best way possible for Tuck to be in a position to succeed, you know? I don't know if I'm making any sense with that. but No, I, I think you're making sense. I think another way of simplifying it and looking at it is, okay, so much of Tuck was Thompson and Thompson was Tuck and those two kind of went in hand in hand last year, right? Mm -hmm. Like Skinner, Tuck, Thompson, they all had great seasons, but Thompson has a goal, Tuck has one assist, and they're not on the same line anymore. And all of a sudden you're like, well, but they okay, were, but they were, but it just, again, like, now they're not. Um, and so do you not want them back together based on that? See, this is a trap question. I'm trying to get you to change the lines, question. even though you don't no, want to. No, I don't right now. I want, okay, I think well, Skinner, Middlestat, and, and Tuck had, had good looks and played well. I just feel like yeah. there, there, there's, there's another gear that Alex can get to, and we're not seeing it right now. And it's, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a, it, it 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 backfires, right? You you press the gas, it goes, and it just like slows down right there. Thank you for the sound effects. Uh, That's what I my lawnmower sounds like sometimes when I start. As long as Plowmaster Forty Three doesn't sound like that within the next six weeks, then we should be safe. All fixed, baby. All fixed. How's their social media manager? Uh, that's um, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I'm the I'm the one on the job. I got I fired myself out of that one. But um, you got to be no, better. Um, I got to be better. I, I will say have this: to be better. You have not fallen victim to my uh, trapping type questions here. No matter Just, how I present them, but let the record state that if Zach Benson was coming in, I would put him with Skinner and Thompson. So. Because that's what we saw through the preseason when Tuck wasn't available and or Benson had just simply earned the time. And until the final preseason game when Benson lined up with Middlestad and Greenway, and then that's how the season started. So I'd be willing to give Benson a really fun opportunity with Thompson and Skinner. And incredibly, that leaves me still not knowing what I would do with Tuck. <laughs> so help me out. If, yeah, if, and also if the coach went in that direction. Where so would you if put you Tuck? are to say Skinner, Thompson, and Benson, mm -hmm. then that leaves you with Middlestat and Tuck together. Um, are you using Greenway with those with those two? Because again, you're hoping to have some size. You have Tuck, you have Greenway, and then you're moving Cousins back to the middle of the ice. Are you keeping Cousins on the right? That's why I don't. I would put I want Cousins back in the middle. That's that's 
part eventually, of eventually yes eventually i say yes and and maybe you know a two and four start is saying okay go back to cousins in the middle but then go shorter sample and you say the last two games the islanders and the canadians you have 150 shot attempts mm-hmm. you have you know close to 80 shots on goal in two games you you created or at least had the puck enough to control the pace of the game. There's some fine tuning, like giving up two on ones and breakaways and, you know, all the attempts that the Sabres gave up to the Canadians on rebounds. Like mm-hmm. Eric Comrie's game against the Islanders, 40% was his number, percentage of no rebounds on shots. Mm-hmm. Yesterday against the Canadians, it was 15%. So, you know what? Like if if 85% of the shots that you face have a rebound opportunity right in front of you, um, that's going to be a tough sledding. There's going to be a lot of second and third opportunities. Hence, the high danger chances on natural stat trick being so much in favor of the Canadians compared to being in the favor of the Sabres yesterday because of all the rebounds uh, the rebounds there. But can you do the same thing at the other end when you have the puck possession and just take it one more step now and create that rebound and that second and third opportunity? Can you just get wild and try to recreate the other three lines for me if Benson was with Thompson and Skinner? Okay, well, I'm going to ask you who you no, taking out. No, 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 out. no. This is all on your shoulders, big guy. I'll recreate it, but you got to tell me who you were taking out. Okay, so I'll, no, tell no, that's, you, I'll recreate Again, it. it's a trapping type question. I want you to admit it first. Okay. I'm the host. You're the analyst. Okay, I'll tell you. I'm because I'm being forced in using Skinner, Thompson, and Benson as a line. I'm supposed to have the 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 creative, uh, the free creative authority on my things, but now I'm being forced into Skinner, Thompson, Benson as a line. Okay, I will say then to me it gets to Greenway, Middlestat, Tuck as another line, and then I go Peterka, Cousins, and Olafson. And then it's Gergensen's, Krebs, Oposo. And unfortunately, that would mean Tyson Jost would be out. Okay. That would you be my... Also, you were also someone who said in the summertime that you weren't sure if 28 and 21 would play every game. It's seven games into the season. No, I, I understand that. But I'm it just is reminding. a back-to-back situation. It's a friendly reminder. A friendly reminder. Friendly reminder. Um, I've noticed Semgus Gergensen's on the ice. I've yeah. noticed Kyle Oposo on the ice. Really? I, I've noticed those two on the ice. I think if it was November, December, January, and okay, like I don't notice them enough, mm-hmm. I would make a move there. But I don't think I'm at that point where I would I would take him out of the lineup just now. I think it's, yeah. uh, let's give him a few more miles. Yeah. Now, just for the record, like I don't see this as like a blaming scenario. I'm just like, just keep trying stuff. You're two and four. Like, there's no hard feelings like they're, you know, like just you, you, you have X number of people on your roster for a reason. So, right. you know, don't limit yourself. So anyway, I, I, I tend Two to and think four in the month of January in the six game span is okay. Like we're two and four, let's go win two, three in a row. And we're yeah. going to flip that around two and four to start the season. When you look ahead and you say, Oh, Detroit's five and one and the Ottawa senators, you know, I've scored 21 goals in five games, over four goals a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, Boston, who I, I thought we we're going to take a step back, are 5-0. and oh, And they did all of that on the West Coast, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like, okay, two and four doesn't look as good now because it's the start of the season. 
Right. They do have, after tonight in Ottawa, the Devils and Colorado later this week. So those are daunting challenges, but every single game is. We have game night coverage beginning tonight at 6 p.m. The puck will drop just after uh, 6.45. Craig Anderson feted by the Senators organization today as he signed a one-day contract with them to officially retire as a member of the Senators, but of course continues on in his role as liaison for the Buffalo Sabres. It's Buffalo, Ottawa tonight, and we have Hockey Halloween this Sunday afternoon when the Sabres will host the Avalanche, and the first uh, 5,000 will receive a uh, pack of black and red player cards. You can enjoy Halloween-themed activations in the Concords pregame, and of course, you can get your tickets now at sabers.com slash tickets. Chris Baker, Sabres Prospects, joining us next here on a Tuesday edition of Sabres Live. Stay with us. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 